Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And as you know, every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us again. Every weekend, and it seems like they get closer and closer together. Oh, I know. It's like you, you've done it, and then you think, oh, it's a, it's already the weekend again. Just Is it accelerating because we're getting older? That seems to be the theory. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> or, when you're busy. Too. Or busy, I was going to yeah, say, because yeah. suddenly it's Wednesday, and then suddenly it's Friday, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, and there's a lot to get done yet. Well, it's certainly no surprise to any of us who listen to this show that mental health issues are more common than we would possibly think. In fact, I got one. Maybe you know this one, Linda. It's estimated that 25% of U.S. adults are impacted by mental health-related problems. Yeah, and I think that really gets even higher when you break that out generationally. Hmm. So one of the characteristics that we're hearing about Generation Z is that they're filled with anxiety and despair and loneliness. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later because we've got some really good news about what's going on in our country related to that generation in particular. But Norm, you know, we go to the doctor. Doctor, you and I have gone for our annual visits just to do our checkup, and yet how often do we stop and we think about our mental health and how we're doing on that, or even our spiritual health? Mm -hmm. I mean, we go to church probably regularly, a lot of our listeners do that, but are you assessing your spiritual health as you do that every Sunday? We have a number of items that we're going to look at in a few minutes here to do a little self-evaluation and help us all kind of figure out where are we in this process and how are we doing. Reminds me of the doctor who always asks you the same kinds of questions. It's They want to check your status. Yeah. They want to know that you're okay. Yeah. Well, that's what we want to do, right? That's right. Okay, here's an easy one. Is laughter part of your life? Yeah, hmm. I know we recently hosted uh, a murder mystery dinner at our house. <laughs> it was quite fun. It was back in the 1920s, and people had to dress up in costumes, and people were really playing their parts. And Norm, I laughed so hard when I was watching our <laughs> friends be just kind of crazy, acting out these parts for this murder mystery dinner. You know, the more you laugh, at the end of the night, I felt so great. And it really is true that we need to laugh once in a while because our culture is pretty serious and right. there are, are lots of problems that can get us down. Right. And the Bible tells us that it's good medicine. Yeah. And it also has a list. There's a list of benefits with laughter from a physical point of view. One of them is, and I don't think people think about this, but your pain gets better when you laugh. Hmm. So I don't know if we should make that a you know prescription for pain. <laughs> Find movies and laugh. There actually was a story of a man who did that. He had a really bad illness and he put on, back then it was videotapes, but he put on tape after tape and tape and laughed and laughed and laughed and he actually got better. So I remember reading about that in some journal at, a long time ago. <laughs> Here's one. Here's a, a, a question we should ask ourselves. Do you speak positive words? Because when you add bad words to a bad mood, I think things get worse. 
Yeah, and you can't change your words once you speak them. You can mm. apologize mm-hmm. for them, but once they're leaving your mouth and you say something to somebody, that really can influence how a person feels. And, you know, the Bible talks a lot, Norm, about being uplifting, giving words of encouragement, you know, not complaining. And I, I have to work on that one. I will just say right now, my first, you know, my first default is to complain. And I've been trying to stop myself because of what I've been reading in Scripture to say, okay, are the words that are coming out of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, are they acceptable to the Lord? Right. And are they uplifting to others? Yes. You've often talked about this five-to-one rule in marriages. What's that? Yeah, this is uh, based on the research that John Gottman did, and it it looks at healthy marriages. Hmm. And so in a healthy marriage, for every negative that is said to a partner, you have to have five positives to balance it out. So Gottman calls it the five-to-one ratio, that in, in a healthy couple, there'll be five positives for every negative. Now, in really wildly great couples, it's 20 to 1. Wow. So it really gets high. But interestingly, with problematic couples, that ratio goes way down. It's barely 1 to 1. Hmm. So we can listen. I can listen in a couple's therapy and just the way that they're talking to each other. And I can tell a little bit about how happy that marriage is going to be. You know, here's another one that I bet you can hear. When you're wrong, do you own it? And then apologize. <laughs> I think apologies are a sign of relationship strength, not a weakness, right? Yeah. And again, when we're looking at marital research, the apologies are so important because they're considered a relationship repair. Mm. So it doesn't mean that you're never going to mess up in a relationship. You're never going to say the wrong thing to your partner. Or you're never going to do something that's upsetting. But when you can come back and apologize and when you can own it, and say, okay, this was my part of the problem. That repair, an apology is what we call a repair, that repair makes the relationship go in a positive direction. Well, the Bible is consistent with that too, right? It says confess your sins one to another. And then it even goes so far to say, if you have conflict with another person, even if it's not your issue, it's theirs with you, you should stop and go and repair it. Yeah, the Bible is is really good about conflict. And that's why I actually wrote a book on that called We Need to Talk, where we, we, we do need to talk. We do need to bring up our problems if we have a conflict with someone to deal with it. So again, these are ways to keep your mental and your spiritual health in a good place mm-hmm. if you're constantly mm-hmm. making those repairs, being positive, and then um, speaking good words to somebody. Here's a good one. Are you managing stress on a regular basis and eliminating stress whenever you can? I mean, we can't prevent it, right? We can't always, no, we can't, we can't stop everything from being stressful. I mean, some of us have stressful jobs or bosses or people in our lives, or there's, you know, we lose a job. There are things that happen, but we can figure out a way to de-stress. And one of the ways that is very concerning in our culture is a lot of people turn to substances. Mm-hmm. Or in the case, you know, you know that I had a specially practice with eating disorders for years. Some people turn to food or they use food as a way of coping with their emotions. So it's better to find good, healthy ways to deal with stress. And some of those would be like taking a walk in nature. 
you know, somebody asked me one time on a radio show, well, I live in the city and I go out all the time and I take my walk. And I said, well, I hate to tell you, but city walking is not de-stressing. The research shows it has to be in nature. Yeah. No, uh, wondering if you're going to get run over at every <laughs> crosswalk is like... Or remember when, remember when in Chicago, when we were there, they had that horrible ice storm and then the the icicles were falling on people. Yes. That was really scary. And I think even somebody died from so. that one time. So that would not be a way to no. de-stress. But you want to build these things into your life. You want to laugh more like we talked about. Maybe watch, you know, a funny movie or something. Socialize to de-stress unless you're an introvert and that's more stressful for you. Right. But basically find something healthy. And I would say meditate mm. on the Lord. That's a really good way to calm your body down. You know, I think another one for me is enjoying and appreciating God's beauty in nature. You talked about taking a walk, but I think sometimes when you just enjoy a beautiful sunset or sunrise mm-hmm. and you you just stare at it, sometimes I stare at it and I'm trying to count all the different colors God's created. He's just an amazing painter. Well, and you also find great beauty in architecture right. and in art and, mm-hmm. you know, other creative outlets. There's a beauty in a dance when you watch Watch a right. ballet, uh, right. the way that the, the, the ballerinas move their bodies. So it's interesting that Psalm 118.23 says, this is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. So it's talking about the way God created not only his world, but the gifts that he's put in each of us as well. Right, and that we see it with our eyes. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, I don't know about this one, sleep. Oh, you know a lot about sleep because we talk about sleep on the show all the time. So sleep is something that you can do to improve your mental health. I'm not sure what it does for you spiritually, but it does do something for your physical body and your mental health. In fact, the better that you sleep, the better that your body is going to reboot from the day. And one of the unspoken benefits of sleep, listen up all you students, is that you learn better. Mm. So if you get your rest and you have a good night's rest, you're going to remember what you studied and do better in school. And for some of you, it may just be a question of, you know, Googling sleep hygiene. If you Google that, you can find out what you can do to really make your sleep more restful. Things like, you know, darkening your shades and not turning on your cell phone before you go to bed and lots of good suggestions on there. I know that I've seen about a billion ads lately on Facebook for pillows. Yeah, well, just they want me to sleep better. Yeah, they want you to sleep better. And you know, the importance of rest from scripture. And again, we're talking about the chosen because we just keep watching that over and over. But Jesus, you know, in that is clearly fully man and fully God. But he always rested and he needed his sleep during his time of ministry. And one of the disciples uh, in one of the episodes we watched said, Why do you keep going away? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) And what are you doing? And he's like, I'm resting. I have to spend time with my father. So that's a great model for all of us. I think this is a good one. Be true to yourself and your beliefs, because I think actions are speaking louder than words all the time. People watch us and see how we behave. They want to know what we believe, and they want to know why. And you know, that's a question I ask people in therapy Hmm. quite often. Are you living your life consistent with what you believe? Because when you don't, you have angst about that. And it does affect your mental health, and it obviously impacts your spiritual health as well. So you have to know what you believe. Mm -hmm. You have to, in this day and age, not be apologetic about it, not be yelling at people what you believe, but stand firmly. And when you're tested, be able to stay with your beliefs Mm -hmm. and not be swayed Mm -hmm. from side to side. Mm -hmm. And that 
goes along with that scripture that says, don't be conformed to the world, live your life according to biblical standards, that consistency will help you flourish. All right, here's one more before the break. I think you limit your time with toxic people. Is that a good one? It is if you can do it. If they're not in your family, because then sometimes you have to deal with the family members, it's a little bit harder. But if you know that somebody is very difficult and very, you know, hard to be around and you don't have to be around them, then yes, just limit your time. Be kind, be nice, but don't feel like you have to fix that person Mm -hmm. or you have to stay in this unhealthy relationship. And so I would say minimize your time and then see a therapist if you're having trouble with that so you can work on your boundaries But that's not an avoidance issue, is it? No. If if they're toxic to you. Well, yeah. And I mean, why are they like that? You know, there could be a whole bunch of reasons, Mm. but if you're having difficulty with that person and you don't have to interact with them just be kind but limit your your interactions that's good well we're going to continue this mental and spiritual health checkup with the good dr linda right after the short break stay with us Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. And I'm Dr. James Cribbs, and we co-authored a book, Living Beyond Pain. If you're one of the 100 million people suffering from chronic pain, this is a book for you, Living Beyond Pain, in stores now. We welcome you back to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show and want to remind you that you can follow Dr. Linda on her social media outlets, Twitter and Instagram, at Dr. Linda Mintel, Dr. Linda Mintel, and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mintel, author and speaker. And of course, always please listen to our podcast on MyFaithRadio.com or your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mintel Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. All right, Linda, I want to get back to our subject today. It's fun. We're getting our annual checkup, but this time it's spiritual and mental health we're checking. Okay, Norm. So number one here I want to talk about is that one of the ways you stay mentally healthy a mm-hmm. lot of times is having a pet. Oh, yes. And we are we are missing we our are. dog. We've had dogs for 30 years of our lives yep. together. And uh, we lost our dog a year, I think it's been two years now almost. Right, almost. And we really miss having a dog. But that was so good for our mental health because they're just wonderful companions uh, to have a, an animal who unconditionally loves you and is with you and senses your mood. And so if you're really struggling and you can afford a pet or you can go to a pound even better and rescue a dog, uh, get a pet. It might really pick up your mood and it'll bring you a lot of joy. I love it when you come home and they just, they're so excited to see you, right? (laughs) I know. And we're not getting one because we're doing a lot of travel and we're thinking it's probably not a good good season yet, but I love having a, a dog. I'm waiting for the day. Here's one. How about no matter what the circumstance, practice gratitude. And boy, if you just feel stuck or anxious or even depressed, just begin a gratitude practice. All you have to do is maybe wake up and start your day with maybe three things that hmm. you feel grateful for. And it's interesting when you look at the research, and I think we actually did a show on this, an entire show, I think, on gratitude mm-hmm. and thankfulness. But we found out when we were doing that show that the more details that you can give for your gratefulness, the better that you actually feel. So the details are in the, the dividends, I should say, are in the details, right? That's good. It's a game changer. That's right. And I like what the Bible says, giving thanks for everything. 
It means in everything. Yeah. In everything. Let's find let's a, a way to be grateful to what God's doing in our life. And and you you have models in the Bible. You have Paul sitting in prison rejoicing. And again, right. I say rejoice, and he's in prison. And how is that possible? Yeah, that's what God in him. Prison then didn't look like prison now. No. It's pretty gross. <laughs> yeah. How about this one? Make boredom good. Is that possible? You know, there's a lot that people think about boredom. They think that they have to constantly be doing something. Mm-hmm. Busy, 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 mm-hmm. busy. And people don't know how to relax. I really think that's a problem. I could probably do a book on that. Just how can you just relax and not feel like you always have to distract yourself with something? Boredom could actually feel good. I know when we were parenting our kids when they were younger, and they would come in, they go, I'm so bored, remember? <laughs> and we would go, isn't it great? Are you enjoying it? Are you loving it? They just roll their eyes yeah, yeah, at us right. like, what are they doing? Right, yeah. But it's good not to always fill up your time with something, and especially unhealthy things. Just learn to be in nature and read and meditate and allow yourself some downtime. Good. Good mental health checkups. How about some spiritual checkups? Okay, there's a lot of those that we could do. There are. And I think the first one is a challenging question, but to really ask yourself, have I fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit? And I'm starting to practice something where I get up and I say to the Lord, this is your day. You've made it. I'm going to be glad in it. And I begin to just surrender my day to the Holy Spirit. That's challenging because it makes you constantly question, am I paying attention to what God's saying? Yeah. He's in us. Right. But we live our day a lot of times and ignore the Spirit of God in us. Well, this one's equally challenging. For me, maybe more. Am I trusting God fully and walking with Him every day? I had a little incident today, and it was a small thing, but I I really turned it around because I probably because I was thinking about the show we were going to do, but I was I was beginning to think something negative happened, and I thought, well, am I trusting God? Am I trusting God in this situation? Is God the first person I go to, you know, or do I start just kind of fritzing out and not really looking to the Lord for any type of help? Well, I think when we complain and try to fix things ourselves, we're proving that we're not trusting God, at least right. at that moment, right? because we've decided to take matters into our own hands. And that says, uh, God, I've got this one. I don't mm-hmm. trust you to handle it right now. You're busy, or whatever the excuse yeah. is. Yeah, that's good. You know, one of them is, am I loving my neighbor the way Christ instructed me to love my neighbor? And I think you can look at the way you behave with people all day long. And you can decide, am I showing Christian love to everybody that I'm encountering? Now, I'm not, again, we're not saying you have to be perfect and do everything right, but you can really start to say, how did I do today? Did I show the love of Christ mm-hmm. to somebody? And sometimes it's a kind word and it makes the person's day. Right, right. Yeah. And sometimes it's convicting when you get mad at someone who cuts you off on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it's one you have to work on, yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's an important one. Is your thirst to know God greater today than it was the same time last year? Boy, that's a that's a tough measurement. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of looking at, are you growing in God? Right. And are you thirsting and, and hungering more for the righteousness mm-hmm. of God? And that is what is prompting this cry for renewal in our country, is we've been apathetic and a little bit complacent, maybe a lot complacent. And are we really moving in the direction that God wants us to be moving? I agree. And I think that that 
is also, am I pursuing righteousness? Mm-hmm. Am I pursuing being Christ-like and God-like? And I think that's an important checkup point every day. What can I do to be more Christ-like today? Yeah, that would be good if we said that to ourselves. You know, when we were talking about, are you being loving and kind to other people? Norm, sort of a, a one that's related to that, am I being loving and kind to my own family? Mm. And am I being a witness in the community of people that I know more intimately? You know, so how do I spend my time and does it impact my community and maybe even my church? Do I have a growing desire to spend more time with God? This one kind of goes back to that pursuing righteousness. Mm -hmm. Do I love him with all my heart? We could talk about forever the Valentine's ideas of of wanting to be with the one you love and express yourself in loving ways once a year. But this is talking about loving God every day because he is a loving God. He is love. He's the essence of love. And when he is in us through his spirit, boy— and we're unloving, what's that about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's a good challenging question about do I love God with all my heart? And the Bible tells us to do that with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that you're to love God. And when you do that, that impacts every aspect of your life. Yeah. I often say to students in class that it's it was love that motivated God the Father to do every single thing he ever did for us. Everything Mm -hmm. from creation to sending Jesus and salvation and redemption and healing, it's all motivated by love. He can't help but be motivated by love because he is. Yeah, God is love. Yeah, that's true. And I guess, you know, in terms of how you get there, maybe not that it's a works oriented, I don't want to make it sound like it's works oriented, but it is very important to practice the spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. And so, am I spending time praying? Am I reading? Am I meditating on the Word? I was really convicted when we had a friend who we both know, stayed with us, came for a a consultation for something you were doing in music, and he brought out his devotional. And I looked, it was a beautiful devotional, leather-bound book, and he was writing in it. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, this devotional was Oswald Chambers. It's a great devotional. But there's a section on the side where you can write your your biblical thought, and then how it applies to you. And I was wow. real convicted by that. And you've been doing it because doing I got it. you one for Christmas. I know, and I've been making myself do it. It's been it's really been helping me grow, so I think that's a good thing. <laughs> but, you know, Norm, we just got a little bit of time left, and we have been uh, so, you know, following what's happening on the college campuses because we both work at universities, and we're watching how the Spirit of God is moving on the college campuses, mm-hmm. and we're delighted by what we're seeing with everybody. And our hearts have been for these this Generation Z that we we teach and we train, where we've seen just so much anxiety and depression and despair and high rates of suicide uh, coming out of COVID and overdoses and so many issues that are mental health problems with people. And we know we're body, mind, and spirit, so it's all connected. But what are we seeing? What have we been seeing that's been happening in this revival? Well, let's let's just recap for folks who may not be aware. It started at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky, a small school where God has shown up since 1970 at various times and brought renewal to the student body. And I think this time, which is kind of focused on worship and singing and loving Jesus that way, that tangible expression has brought about peace for a generation that 
as you said, have had unprecedented anxiety. And we're seeing people have this sense of belonging. And, 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 and somebody wrote about this on Facebook, and I can't even tell you who did it, but it just really struck me, this authentic hope that they're seeing from a generation that's been struggling with depression. There's so many of these things that when you look at what God is doing, and we've always said God can do it. We grew up mm-hmm. with people saying, God is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And I would often say, well, I haven't even asked the question yet. Because we have to feel it, understand it, know it, to realize that God is the answer. And as he's bringing this renewal, that's what's happening. Yeah, and as we see these students just adoring and worshiping God, and we're, we're I'm so sort of moved by, this is a generation that's been very distracted by a mm-hmm. lot of things, and they're mm-hmm. just, they're focusing their eyes on Christ. And it's, and they're doing this in humility. It's not this celebrity no, thing no. with a bunch of high-powered, you know, screens. Well-known and, people. Right. It's and... just a humble effort. So, you know, think about all of this, what we're saying, and and where you are with the Lord in your walk. And hopefully, we've given you some things to think about in the show, take some time to closely examine both your mental health and your spiritual health, and make these changes that you feel prompted to. If the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, listen to that. Begin to listen to the voice of God and move in the power that God has for your life. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes this show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims, from all of us here at Faith Radio. Hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Doing life together. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.